All right, here we go, everyone. Uh, 2020, I'm here with uh, Matt Hancock. How are you, champion? Oh, I'm, I'm wonderful. What a year it's been. <laughs> what an amazing year it's been. <laughs> yeah, for those that um, are listening to this in the future, it's the 15th of April, 2020, and the whole world's just stopped for An coronavirus. almost. Yeah. <laughs> How... Um, is everyone in your family and friends safe? Yeah, thankfully, I don't know anyone that's actually come into contact with coronavirus. Um, my mum, my dad, my two brothers were all sweet, happy. All my friends, everyone that I coach, everything. Um, even the nurses that I know, everyone's yep. all sweet. Doctors I know, which is pretty incredible mm. when you hear about the rates and everything. But yeah, very thankful, I guess. Yeah, yeah, hundred <clears throat> um, percent. I guess being in our um industry you do have all sort of walks of life oh, big time um you know nurses doctors fireys ambos police um they all they all sort of are in and around the gyms and um yeah it's actually the ambos and the nurses that i that i do know they're they're all talking about what they are seeing in the hospitals we're probably not really aware of oh, in the general yeah, public like imagine. they're they're full-on days yeah so it's yeah at, we're very lucky in, in australia actually and 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 out this way that we haven't been touched yeah. hugely by it like we have overseas what's the thing i was like i was watching the news last night with mum and um i think it was new york city had like 720 deaths a day mm. and i was like holy shit like yeah that, yeah we were we were at what 50 we're eight at, or something we're at 61 now um, yeah. Total all across Australia. That's you know they've got seven hundred a day going oh, no, like, in New York, Christ. Uh, and and it, and same with the UK. And yeah, mate, crazy times. So um, yeah, what um, what were you doing? So obviously at the moment all gyms are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been so as of the twenty third of March, everything just stopped for us. Yep, uh, Thanos, pretty much in a Thanos physical click. sense. Yep. Um, what were you doing prior to that? So go back to January 1, 2020, New Year's Day, full of hope for the year. Oh, I don't even know what I was doing New Year's <laughs> Day. I was probably having a few <laughs> a few sneaky ones. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't even remember. That seems like so long ago now, to be honest. Um, it does, doesn't it? I think it was the same as any other New Year. Had a few mates over. Um, I think it was probably James in my backyard shooting each other with a potato cannon or something. Yeah. Um, just doing something silly. Yeah. Yeah, everything seemed fine. We'd just moved gyms, actually. So, oh, we'd been in Castle Hill for a couple of months now and um, loving life, really. Yep. So, where were you working then? Uh, Donna's Athletic Castle Hill. Okay. So, just in pretty much bang in the middle of the Hills District. Yep. Yeah. How long were you there for? All up five years. Yep. Um, started back in 2015, I think April 2015, which is. Mm-hmm. Or, Bang on five years now, so yeah, yeah, right. What, um, so how take us back to when you first started getting you when you got into gyms, like how long ago, where, where did you start training? Oh boy, that's so at gyms. First time I stepped into a gym was C2K at Castle Hill, yeah, which I don't know if you've been there next no. to the RSL. No, I haven't. That's all like this world class, every piece of accessory commitment you've ever heard of probably like two squat racks about 400 treadmills everything yeah the typical globo gym <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> it was a lovely place though um yeah 
And I stepped in there. I think I had one PT session. It went for about half an hour. And I think the first time I heard PT, I was like, I don't even know what that means. Um, what do I do? This guy took me through a few static stretches. Looking back now, it's just, I would love to be there again just to watch me going, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, um, yeah. Then it sort of kicked off. I was there purely because my brother did trampolining and gymnastics, okay. which is at the RSL that had a gymnastics club and whatnot. And we'd finish school, 3.15, walk down to the gym or catch a bus down to the gym. He'd have about four hours of trampolining, gymnastics, all that mumbo jumbo. And I'd be there doing probably bicep curls for about four hours every day. So I'd go, oh, today's arms day. That means tomorrow's legs day. And then it's back day. And then it's chest day and whatnot. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours of just what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so it was plenty of mirror action. Oh, well, actually, no, I didn't even look. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I was going, really? I'll just crack up laughing. Going, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? <laughs> um, so I probably did that for about three years never yep. really made any progress i mean i could go heavier on dumbbells each week but yeah then you get some silly injury that you didn't see coming um set back start all over again and then my mate introduced me to adonis pretty much he said he was going oh we should start a gym one day we, like we always joked about starting our own gym and whatnot yeah um album then he said come through come to this gym we do powerlifting I went, what's, what's that mean power like why why is it called power i've heard of ollie lifting i've heard of like athletics all sorts of stuff i've never heard of powerlifting yes oh we squat bench and deadlift now i'm going oh shit i haven't squatted in four years i haven't done any of this sort of stuff yeah. um last time i deadlifted i i dislocated my sacroiliac joint i couldn't mm. walk so i was lying down in the gym for a couple of hours and then that never really went away and um yeah came to adonis just walked in there, signed up first day, didn't really know what I was doing, kind of probably should have thought about that before I did it, but oh well, it probably turned out good for the long run. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, started powerlifting. <laughs> yeah, right. So that was one hell of a journey. Um, Do you remember, did you start on a program there? Yes. So I think the old, so there was two owners before, well, the two original owners, Carlos and Will. Uh, Will signed me up and Carlos gave me my first program. Yeah. And he said like, here, let's run through this blah 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 and it said like squat squat today bench as well and I'm going <laughs> shit like I'm in my I don't even know what shit like I had Nike joggers on and he goes I'll oh, put your sleeves on put your belt on <laughs> I was like what are sleeves lots of belt um, and just like I got a few videos of me when I first started squatting it's just oh god like I want to vomit when I watch it like, well, it's just, do you remember what your numbers were back then oh, for like squat the bench the bar probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> uh, like I think the first time Squatting, squatting, I've always been comfortable like, comfortable with because it was like I was probably high as hell, um, but I always felt comfortable with a bar on my back. Deadlifts, I just always hated. I hated yep. like trying to pick something up. It just seemed so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't tell you my numbers. <laughs> probably like probably 10 kilos off what they are now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had much progress in powerlifting, but yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was good fun though. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um what was the environment like at Adonis back then coming from a Globo gym? Were you, did you feel intimidated or did you feel excited? I did feel intimidated at first. And it, obviously you walk into a gym where there's this 16-year-old girl lifting more than you. You go, mm. oh, what's going on here? Yeah. But then you meet her, she talks to you and you're like, oh, like she's actually an amazing person. Yeah. And you realize, oh, this is a family environment. This isn't 
me staring at the other dude going, oh, he's done two bicep curls. I better do three to make myself look a bit better. Yeah. Whereas everyone's supporting each other. It was a family. Like, family is the term that does come back to back a lot. Um, Yeah. Yeah, right. So from there, where did the want to be a coach come from? (sighs) I wish I knew. Um, So I think that originally started when I finished high school. I was doing... I think I had 13 units in my HSE, which everyone said, no, don't do that. Do 11 because you're going to spread yourself too far. Yep. Um, but then one of the units was PASS, so physical and sports science, which yep. obviously didn't count towards an ATAR, which is the best subject I did in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, finished that. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what my ATAR was. Probably surprised if I cracked 70 or something. Um, yep. But then I saw Peter HPE in University of... Uh, used to be Western Sydney in Penrith back then. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'll give that a crack. PHP, it's the only subject I've done decently in. Um, and then, yeah, started out there. Um, met a few people along the way. Met Tabs, uh, one of Shay's mates. Shay Southern? Yeah. yeah. Shay Southern. Tabitha Pooley? Yes. 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 Um, came good mates with her because we used to end up going, because it was probably about a 45-minute drive out to Penrith from my house. Yep. So I'd sort of pick her up on the way. Um, we started doing a few classes. Where were you living at the time? Uh, still in Antigrove. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that, realised that that led into PHB teaching, which credit to all the teachers there. I could never do that job. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with kids all day would just be hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I realised, all right, PHP isn't really what I do because it leads into teaching. What else can I do that leads into some sort of sports background? And I think back then I really want, I enjoyed rugby at the, that point in time. Okay. So I thought, oh, how do I become a rugby coach? Um, which is just so foreign to me now. Yeah. Um, and then I saw, went onto the, the uni website, saw other courses, and then there was one, Sport and Exercise Science. So I thought, oh, that's pretty good. Seems pretty easy. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> um, and that was at Campbelltown so I thought oh great another uni that's about an hour's drive away ended up signing up for that one I think Tabs moved with me it, I didn't convince her if I didn't convince her she convinced me or whatever um, and then yeah started going to, down to Campbelltown really enjoyed that it was a, a lot of um, a lot of things I'd never thought about before so in terms of biomechanics or sorts of stuff like that I just thought coaching was hey you go do this that's it yeah um, I didn't really see the other side of it. And then obviously it makes sense now because of the personal training. You're looking for a lot of different things when you coach people, yada, yada, yada. Um, mm. And yeah, so I got t- probably two years into that degree and then had some, had some not family issues, but a friend issues. One of my mates took his own life, sadly. Um, mm-hmm. And that sort of hit me. That was, that was probably when I just started training at Adonis. If not, I was probably there for about a year. And that sort of really hit me and made the, all the thoughts where I was like, oh, uni's an hour away. It put me in a pretty dark place. I don't really want to go there. I don't really want to spend too much time there. Um, and that sort of hit home. Um, had a bit of a shit time at life. But mm-hmm. then, thankfully, that's when I met that Adonis family. Yep. So I thought, I went, oh, I don't really want to do this uni thing. It's too far away. I pretty much pulled out all the excuses I could out of my ass. Um, and yeah, started going a thing. I asked Carson Will, what's the best way to get into coaching? I don't really want to do the uni degree. They said, you should probably do the uni degree because it looks good on your resume. Yep. 
Um, and they said, just do the PT course. Oh, sweet. What's a PT course? Oh, it's 12 weeks and then you can coach people. I thought, oh, shit. There's my answer. Yep. So ended up doing that course, got into coaching, and then this is probably like four or five years down the track, and then started coaching at Adonis. Yeah, right. So you got you end up getting your Cert 3 and Cert 4? Yes. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Did you go on to do any other... Um, courses after that I think we did a kettlebell course yeah <laughs> which, which I'm not used to this day um, and that was pretty much it like to be honest it was so simple and I was like shit why did I not do this mm. four or five years ago yeah coming straight out of school I would have been years ahead of where I am now but yeah but that's okay like life's all about learning those uh, lessons along big the time, way big time you know <laughs> Um, do you mind me asking about your friend? Yeah, but go for took, it. Took his own life. Yeah. Uh, what was that time really like for you, and how close were you? Um, so he was. We'd gone to high school together years and years and years. I couldn't even tell you how long. Um, and he lived literally thirty seconds away from me, just down my street, down a few roads. Um, and I was actually at Woolies when I found out. His mum called me and, and told me, and I was just. I remember her saying, he's gone. And I was like, like a dog or somebody lost their dog, somebody happened. And she was crying. I said, like, what's, who's gone? What's happening? And um, obviously she meant he's gone. Um, and I, f- to be honest, I didn't know what to do. I remember sitting there, I was at work. Obviously I'm trying not to bludge too much while I'm at work, do all this sort of stuff. And thankfully I was in the dock. So it was just trucks coming in and out throughout the day. And I was probably about five or 10 minutes where I was sitting there going, like what, like I didn't, I didn't know what to do. It was almost like I was paralyzed and I was just sitting there frozen. And then obviously it hit me, started bawling my eyes out. My manager came through, she's going, oh, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I, and I said, oh, he's gone. Like repeated what, his, what um, Janelle had said to me. Yeah. <clears throat> and it just started like, I've never felt, like I'm, I'm, a lot of people know me as not a very emotional person at best. Like I'm fairly stock standard the whole day. Um, but yeah, I've never felt a mixture of emotions like loss, forgetting memories, going, oh, sh- like what, what could I have done? What, what, what wasn't it that I did that could have stopped him? Mm. And I don't know, I don't know where it's something to be thankful of, but I was probably in that state, that mindset for probably a month or two months where I was just like, maybe if I send him one extra text, maybe if I send him, hey, how you going? Maybe I made a little bit more of an effort to catch up or say, hey, you'll do something, then it could have prevented it. But I think you have to think, I think I stopped myself and thought, no, this is his decision. Like he did this. He obviously, no, like I, I don't hold anything against him for doing it by all means. Like I'm in a weird way, I'm happy that he got out of it what he needed to. Yes. In like a... I don't really know how a good way of explaining that, but if that's what he needed to do to make himself happy, then sadly I've got to accept that, which was, which was the tough part. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see any signs prior to that happening? Um, there were signs. There wasn't, there wasn't. I mean, I was very, like, I think a funny way of putting it is that, like, coming from year 10, to year 11 and year 12 I'd like if you had said mental health issues I would have been like what does that mean yes. like I thankfully I'd grown up in a very happy family no no one had any had depression or any sort of things or anything like that um, 
we'd always been happy, healthy, and I'd never come into contact with anything like that. And then yeah. year 11, year 12, you get within one week, half the grades got depression because they're going to get five extra AFTAR points. Yes. That's, that's how it seemed to me. Like it was just like flick of the, flick of the switch, suddenly everyone's got something. Yes. So I, in that sense, there was, <coughs> I mean, there's signs, but then technically everyone had a sign that something was going on. Um, Sadly, it sort of did deteriorate, um, but I wish I could have done more. Again, saying that now, there's nothing really I could have done more. Everything that happened was happening in his own head, his own life, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so there was signs, but you can never anticipate something like this is going to happen, I think. Yeah, 100%. Um, I I had a friend, a a really close friend who... You know, he he ended his own life just over a year ago, and same. There were there were signs that he was not his happy self. Yeah. But yep. you never think that they're going to go oh, to big, that yeah. to that extent. And um, what you said about having to accept that it was a choice. Yeah. That has helped. Um, I know it's helped you know, his family, and and uh, it has helped me as well. That you know, there wasn't anything that we could have done that would have really changed yeah. his mind at that time. Um, has, did that event change you as a person? You're massively. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you take out of it? Um, I think the biggest thing is that my sort of mindset towards accepting things that can and can't happen in life changed. Um, anytime I was sort of in the like something had happened to you go oh that's so shit how could that happen to me it was more like okay that's happened let's move on like there's no point dwelling I think Mm. the big thing was I stopped dwelling over things Um, so obviously I spent one or like probably not one or two months probably a bit longer dwelling over that he was no longer here oh yeah of course there's going to be that time where you you do do that yeah you said do do Um, Mm. (laughs) um, yeah so that I think I spent so long dwelling over the fact that whenever I would dwell over anything else during that time, it didn't really become an issue. Like it was sort of like something big had happened. Oh no, you got a flat tire, you got your car battery's dead. You go, oh, how could this happen to me? You just kind of go, okay, that's shit. What do I need to do to fix it? Mm. And I think that was the biggest, I don't want to say it stopped making me emotional, but I became more clearer when making decisions, I think is a good way of putting it. Yep. Um, so it was sort of this or this, done, make decision, don't dwell on it. That was it. Mm. So, yep. How long has that been now since he passed so away? That was 23rd of January 2016. Yeah, okay. And it's um, things, you, you could just got to hang on to the memories and the fun times that oh, you had oh, together. So many, mem- so many good memories, so many fun yeah. times. So. Yeah. So I think. I, I, there's, there's obviously a few memories there where you sort of like, oh, that was a very low point. That was such a clear sign. Looking back now, yeah. obviously there's nothing we could do now. But then you think about, oh, for every sort of shit memory there was, there's probably like 40 or 50 memories where I just crack up laughing. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a good feeling to remember someone for the good parts. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Adonis... You so you're coaching there for five years. Uh, so I was probably a wasn't coaching there for five years. I was a member. Oh, a member there for five years. Okay. So I think oh, I was 
there for about a year to two years just as a member. Right. Um, and then things started with all that uni happening, did the PT yeah. course and that. And then the boys are like, the boys started running a, a summer strength 10-week or 12-week um, transformation thing. And they were obviously coaching 20 or 30 powerlifters each themselves. And I sort of went, hey, what can I do to help run this? Like, I want to do coaching. I'm, I haven't done my – this was actually before I did my PT course, though, actually. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, what can I do? Can I run a class? Can I put data in? Can I do people's before and after photos? Something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Went, yeah, yeah, by all means, jump in, do what you can. Like, we need the help, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I did that and I actually started running the classes. Like I haven't even done my PT course yet and I'm just going, oh, yeah. shit, like I'm going to make up a conditioning <coughs> class. Yeah. Probably incredibly liable for what I was doing, but. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, we won't tell anyone. Yeah, no one's going to hear this. No. Um, so yeah, started doing the classes, started like getting a feel for, I think that, that was a big thing as well. So getting a feel for going, hey, this person came up and thanked me after I just smashed them for 60 minutes. Like they, they were screaming and yelling at me for the, most of that class. But then at the end they went, thanks, that really helped me. That, mm. That's what I needed today. Oh shit, that's a pretty good feeling. I wouldn't mind doing that full time. Um, and then obviously that 12 weeks ended, I think it wrapped up and we were about to start another one. And then that's when I did my PT course. And I was like, oh, I should probably get qualified to be able to do this in case. Yeah. Old mate from the council comes around and says, what's going on? Yeah, and I'm covered by insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no one got hurt though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, did that course, did another summer strength program. People loved it. I think I sort of built up a little, not a name for myself, but people kind of went, oh yeah, Matt's pretty good. Yeah. Helped us out. And then the boys said, all right, here's your first athlete. I said, oh shit. Like mm. I'm, I'm, I've done powerlifting for a year now and I'm trying to coach it. I think, for me, I learned really well on the fly. Yeah. So it wasn't as if I had all this knowledge before of, all right, this is the mechanics of a squat. This is the, this is what we need to do. These are the cues I'm looking for, developing and what's whatnot. Um, and then thrown in the deep end, I think, oh, I couldn't even tell you who my first athlete was. The, first, the one that clicks mine is Manny Armstrong. He actually works out at, oh, not anymore, worked in Richmond Vitamin King. Okay. Just down the road. Yep. So he came through. And I, I see in him, I see what I was doing four years ago. Yeah, oh, you, like you little dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spent four hours in a, in a commercial gym, just killing yourself. And then um, it was not a guinea pig, but that was that pretty much became my guinea pig. I went, yeah. okay, here's how we're going to start coaching. I'm going to try and, try and program. The boys gave me a few, this is what reps and sets are. And I was kind of like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was just trial and error. Yeah. like not in a bad way trial and error um, but yeah, yeah just sort of learn on the fly went okay giving him 5 by 5 squats and then 4 by 10 bench didn't really work out too well next week is going to be smashed alright what can we do to change that and yeah which is which is I find that works best for me learning that way yeah so I, you could go to a seminar you could go somewhere and someone's going to teach you you could do a 12 week course on how to coach and whatnot. I probably won't take too much away from that because I'll sit there the whole time going, oh, God, I'm bored. Yeah. Um, I learn a lot better through experience. Yeah. So I think for me is that I spent so much time with a lot of different coaches. So there's Will, Carlos, Sean and Dan, shout out to the Penrith boys, um, Jimbo, one of my mates. And I had so many different people doing different coaching methods that I kind of went, oh, okay, I'll take this from what he was doing and this from what he was doing, this sort of stuff like that. And I think that's... That's probably how I would describe my coaching method is a lot of things that I've picked up along the way. Mm. So a lot of 
pretty much trial and error. Um, and yeah, make yeah. it work. Mate, I see, I've, I've come across so many PTs, coaches, and you know, in, in across my working life, different team environments. Yeah. The people that come in and want to learn that craft, the people that are humble and take a yeah. little bit out <laughs> of all different coaches not or, stealing yeah they just take the best out of everyone around them yeah they end up becoming the most sought after and the the most successful it's the people that come in and think they know it all and they just want to just do it oh i know no i knew nothing yeah. I, I, just, I still know nothing and then five years later they still know nothing yeah <laughs> but those yeah. that can recognize that there are strengths in those around them and then take Oh yeah, yep. little bits of them and apply it to their own coaching or their own um, way of life end up being fast tracking their success. I yeah. guess. Yeah, I think especially with strongman, I think because with powerlifting, there's obviously things that work, things that don't work. Mm. Like there's a lot of prescribed sets and reps and programs and all sorts of stuff like that. With strongman, it was a completely different ball game for me. I was sort of like, like, how do I program yoke runs for someone? Yeah. Like, like shit, do I need to look at an athletic point of view and go, I oh, we're going to increase distance every week or whatnot, or do we increase weight and sort of stuff like that? That's what I think I found way more enjoyable. Was that from the get go, no one really has a big idea, yeah. and there's like I don't know if there's two coaches in Australia that coach the same way in strongman. Mm, nah. There's such a varied perspective on it all. Um, and I think that I love powerlifting. Powerlifting can become such a boring sport though. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I'll, I'll, st- I'll probably coach powerlifting until till I fall over dead or something. But um, it's a great foundation, yeah. powerlifting. But there ends up being a point where you sort of get distracted by other things and oh. you, you start to look <laughs> yeah. at okay maybe I do have some inefficiencies oh yep across the board and mm, I might try that strongman thing to fill the gaps and then that becomes a <laughs> yep. then that just becomes a beast in itself oh yeah before you know it you're a full time strongman yeah um. yeah because it's bloody fun oh and it's, it's constantly changing and there's, there's so many variables to it oh big time it's painful. It's very painful, painful is what I think about. <laughs> I've probably not done a strongman session where I haven't walked out going, oh, I've hurt something. Yeah. <laughs> or my, my arms are cut up from stones or my bloody back's broken from a yoke. I've slipped a rib or something. But yep. Yep. that's just so much more enjoyable to me. Yeah. So I think I've done, I've done plenty of powerlifting. I've done a little bit of ollie lifting. I've done all sorts of stuff like that, um, athletics, all, all that, um, which thankfully the childhood I had got to do a lot of different shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, strongman, strongman's the one that sticks out to me and go, all right, in 12 weeks, I could do a completely different event mm. or I could do the same event, but think about EMOMs or reps in a minute instead of going a one rep max and stuff like that. So that's where it, it constantly changes and that's what drew, drew me in and still does. Yeah. Yeah. So have you competed in powerlifting? Yes. What, um, what are your PBs? For oh, powerlifting. Oh, oh, here we go. Get ready for the laughs. I can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> so my first comp, my first powerlifting comp was actually, I don't know where it was last, was it last year? States last year? Yep. It was my first comp, which I thought was pretty funny that you can get into States without doing a comp before. Well, your first comp straight in the States. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How embarrassing. No, it's fine. Um, and I think, oh, 
who did you what federation APU yep so I, I, I spent a lot of time coaching in PA and done doing yep. stuff like that I never really had the um, the interest in competing yeah um, which I think I think is a fairly important aspect if you want to coach something obviously you do need to compete in it and whatnot but yep. I felt I felt fairly confident in yeah I don't really need to compete in powerlifting it's very obvious what happens when you compete yep um, so I did my first comp I think what did I squat I think 217 I think I think I went for I made too big of a jump on my third attempt and missed it like yep. 230 or something um, benched 140 nice oh pretty shit nice <laughs> <laughs> that's fine yeah um, and then deadlifted I want to say 220 uh, not not my best performance for sure but I think it was more so the fact that the toy works out I weighed 105 kilos and yep. I had to weigh under 93 oh shit which affects your performance a little bit more yeah, than you definitely. think definitely um, 100% which is funny I was, just, I was talking to Kirsty the other day about that one that um, I weighed 91.7 that morning of the comp and then that evening I think I was 104 <sighs> <laughs> just like, oh shit this is my body this is probably the body where I should be at anyway yeah. going from 105 back down to 91.7 and in what time frame was that uh, 12 I think it was 12 weeks on the dot Mate, you wouldn't have felt like you could pull the skin off a custard oh no like you just don't feel good no I think pulling the sheets off my bed was like my max <laughs> that day <laughs> like, I think well to state that was yeah states that was I'm fairly certain it was Friday Saturday Sunday I had had 14 athletes I was handling and coaching of my own yep. that weekend and then I had it like a, probably about four or five. That killed me. Yeah. As much as I would love to say, hey, look how good handling 14 people is, that was just mentally draining because I had one person, one, one guy on the platform lifting and two people at the back that have got to warm up. Yes. And obviously you've got to watch their warm ups, make sure they're all sweet and everything. Yeah. And just that running around pretty much in that 10 meter circle all day killed me. Mm. So throwing a weight cut and throwing a worry about competing it was just it was a good weekend happy yeah. I did it yep not for me yeah so can I ask what in your opinion why you chose Australian Powerlifting Union over Powerlifting Australia that's a very good question I don't, probably don't have an answer for you yeah. um, so we spent so I when I got into Powerlifting everything was PA yeah that's the um, same I, when I first started it was all Powerlifting Australia so they had the monopoly I'm pretty yeah, sure so yeah. I think there was no other choice really I think there was a few federations in Queensland that yeah. 10 people were joined on or something yeah. um, so we like we had PA States PA Junior Nationals also, like I've been to probably more PA comps than I have been to APU comps but mm. I think when that whole split thing happened like I, yeah. like I, I don't really it doesn't really affect me Yeah. Um, whatever happened happened between them I just kind of went where my athletes wanted to go yeah so I, I I was still coaching PA and APU people, but it was sort of like, all right, I've got more APU people. Obviously, I'm going to handle them at a comp, so I have to get an APU coaching mm. membership. Mm. So that was my, like, I know I know thousands of PA dudes, I know thousands of APU dudes. Like, it doesn't bother me what you compete under, mm. as long as you compete. Yeah. So And that's that says a lot about yourself as a coach. You want to go where your athletes feel comfortable and want to coach, want yeah. to compete in rather than your own bias. Yeah. <clears throat> I. I'm not really sure exactly why that split occurred and what what happened. So I was just interested oh, just to see drama. if that was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people <Just> being <drama>. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So um, from your first comp, did you go on to do many more? 
Nah, one and done. Yep. Yep. Lock loaded, shot it, done. So um, now you're just, you're coaching? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've done a, a few strongman comps. Obviously, I found strongman a lot more interesting. Five events and you got to spend your whole day worrying about the next event. Um, yeah. I just find that a bit more enjoyable than powerlifting. Yeah. Um, I'll probably do another powerlifting comp, sillyly. I thought about it the other day. I might just sign up and do one. It's. Uh, I one think, day. I think I find doing a powerlifting comp, this is probably going to annoy a few people. You could probably jump in and do a powerlifting comp whenever you really wanted. Yeah. Realistically, mecha- you probably should be able. You should. Yeah. 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 Uh, any most athletes these days could jump in to do one. Like you don't need everything that you you think you need. Yeah. And that's where I think I see strongman like, no, you you could not just jump in and go. Oh, I'm going to sign up for this comp. Mm. You probably zero four out of five events and then walk away with the injury. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's the side of it I see is powerlifting is a really good base sport. Yes. Moving in towards your other sports. Yeah. Same with all like Olympic lifting. I can I can walk in and do all I I could. It'd look horrible, and I'd probably go like two for six. Mm. But you're never going to walk into a powerlifting comp and go, oh god. Like you obviously you won't hit your PBs and everything like that. But yeah, you should be able to do it any day of the year almost. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, when I was doing powerlifting, when I first started or tried snatching and clean and jerks there was no way I could go straight into an ollie lifting oh, comp no, no way, way. Yeah. So I couldn't overhead squat the broomstick oh god like, yeah. so you just realise how um, lack of flexibility and mobility you had well, or it, it, I had anyway it's interesting I was the opposite thing mm. so I've like I don't know what happened I don't know where I got it from my parents or my grandparents or something I had a really good mobility like I could yeah. overhead squat 100 kilos yeah wow but my technique was just dog shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my ankle mobility was great. My fucking knees, my hips, everything moved really well. But yep. it was just, it looked horrible. And I remember the first time I tried clean and jerking 100 kilos, I, like, I think I power cleaned it. And I came down into the squat to put it onto my front rack. And my elbows were resting on my knees. <laughs> I'm going, where do I go from here? And I'm trying to like front squat it while holding it out in front of me. And then just to... A horrible push press of 100 kilos but yeah i saw like, yeah too technical for me yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll do it if i need to down the track but yeah. no yeah um i want to ask you about so you were going to compete at arnold's or <laughs> i you? was yep um then i was a bit silly and did some um skin the cats on a ring okay and dislocated well, not dislocated but blew up my shoulder somehow uh. Yeah, one one moment of idiocracy, and then you're you're done. Where, uh, how far out from the Arnold's, which we now know were cancelled? Yeah. How far out from that uh, were? You? I think that was. It was in that twelve week gap. Okay. Where we're sort of like, all right, this is the comp prep has started. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it was right before the comp prep has started because I've been doing all the events. Mm-hmm. I've been doing everything. It felt really good. Like obviously, it probably had to put five or ten kilos on everything to get to comp weight yeah everything else felt really good yeah one coaching morning uh, watching someone squat in between their set just chilling having a chat and then I thought, oh, i'll just do some ring stuff bang uh, <laughs> how is it now oh fine yeah okay yeah. did so. you did you go down to or start heading towards melbourne did i see <laughs> yeah funnily enough so <clears throat> So I think Arnold's was... Were you going down as a spectator or the coach? A coach. So yep. I was coaching my brother. Okay. Um, so I think we'd started driving down on Tuesday. So I finished up coaching 11 a.m. morning on Tuesday. 
Went back home, packed all the stuff, started driving down, got about, it's probably just past Wollongong, around that Wollongong area. Mm-hmm. And I stopped to grab fuel. I was like, oh, Dan, go to the bathroom quickly. I'll grab some fuel. I'm sitting there in my car waiting for the guy in front of me. And I see this announcement, Arnold, Mason's posted in Arnold's. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Oh, it could be anything. Arnold's been postponed. I was like, oh, mm. shit. So we're... So you're in the car, <laughs> driving to yep. Melbourne, all yep. packed. Yep. And you get the message of yep. Wollongong saying... And, and Dan's, Dan's in the bathroom. I'm going, how do I break it to him? He's been... Because he's, he's pretty much gone through the same thing. I went through that weight cut where he was cutting from probably 90 to under 80. Yeah, wow. And he, he's like muscle he's all muscle there's not yeah. much fat on him so that cart was just horrendous i think he was 83 for like 10 weeks or something just trying to get past that point mm. and then he's sitting there going oh shit like i told him he's going oh like he wasn't he didn't seem too emotional i think his first word was thank god i can eat now so he went into the servo grabbed the maxi and a chalky milk and i think smashed them in about two seconds and i was like all right let's just go get some food or something so, yeah yeah I guess the the good thing about that, you didn't get to Albury or oh, something. Yeah. Uh, it would, probably would have been nice if we made it all the way down there because it would have gone to the stand us a bit and picked up some equipment or something. But true, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. Hey, hold that thought. I'm going to get us a beer. Easy peasy. Thank you. Oh, a little bit frozen. <laughs> yes, that's been. Um, oh that shit! <laughs> that that's frozen pretty quick. Hey? Have a sip. Does that freeze on you? No. Oh, hang on. Mm. That is some science. Wow, I've never seen that before. So, what are we? We've been. About half an hour, put a couple of beers in the freezer. <laughs> we made some slushies. And they had dead set fresh. <laughs> this is a mango daiquiri almost. <laughs> I'm just going to let mine thaw for a bit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's shit. Do you want another one? Nah, I'm all good. Do you want any other fridge? Is it all right to grab one? Yeah. I'll grab one. Grab it. They're in the fridge. Here we are thinking we've done the right thing, put the beers in the freezer for a bit. <coughs> wow, thanks mate. Um, I wanted to ask you about your brother. So, is Daniel? Yes. So he, I guess we're talking about him competing at Arnold's um, in March 2020 look at that <laughs> uh oh <laughs> made a mess of these beers fucking hell oh, don't tell up. the subpar boys nah definitely not. that is that is a subpar effort <laughs> um, I'll take a photo of it just so I can post it up I reckon if you, if you send that to Great Northern, they might send you another 24-pack. Yeah, I don't know. 
Fucking hell. The volcano. <laughs> um, yeah, so he had a bit of a journey to get there. Oh, yeah. Do you want to elaborate and talk us through that? So that was, I was <laughs> probably 13 months ago now. Mm. Um, well, it actually all started with me, funnily enough. Um, I just remember I was training one time. This is probably year 20, started 2019, January, February. Yep. I remember training, doing a bit of log, doing some, throwing around some strongman stuff. And I think I dropped to the ground and I was like, geez, I've got a pretty decent headache from, I must be dehydrated, must have been something. And I felt paralyzed to the point where I was like lying on the ground, couldn't really move. And I thought, oh, what the hell's going on? This I've never felt this before. Yeah. Um, I was lying on the ground for about 10 minutes. People come up to you go, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, have you had water? Have you had enough water today? Yeah. <laughs> you want some urine? I'm going, this isn't going to help. All the standard questions. <laughs> yeah. well, what colors you pee? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Um, and after about 10 minutes, this headache went away. But it, it didn't really feel like a normal headache. Um, yeah. It was, I don't, it felt like it was somebody hit me in the back of the head with a cricket bat, I guess, was probably the best way to describe it. And I probably had that on and off for about two weeks. I thought, oh, this is probably something I should probably get checked out. Me having no healthcare, I thought, oh, maybe not. I'll just let it pass. Hopefully it passes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I sort of went away. I think I was doing less training. I think I was doing a little bit more coaching, less training, sort of got a bit lazy. So I think mine kind of went away. And then Dan comes in, starts doing lifting. I think we were prepping for... Prep me for the oh, no, it wasn't the Arnold qualifier. It was something else. Um, he started feeling the same thing. Mm. I remember he was doing block pull, banded block pulls, and he's going, "Oh, I'm like this sucks. My head hurts." I'm like, oh. like, shut up, keep going. My little brother, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he dropped to the ground. I went, "Oh shit!" Like, what's happened? Yeah. Oh, this looks like what I went through. And his was his was probably a lot worse than what mine was. Um, kept happening again, and again, and again probably to a little bit more of a degree than what I went through. Um, and he went and got it checked out. He went and saw our local doctor. He said, oh, could be this, which was, I think, was a Chiari malformation. I thought, what the hell is that? I'd never heard of that before. Um, and then he went and got some scans. They said, hey, you should probably get this surgery done for Chiari. Um, or Chiari, I don't know how to pronounce it. So from the scans, it was confirmed it was that? Yeah, so what it ended up being that his... Cerebellum was swelling, and the back of his skull there wasn't enough space for like his brain to pretty much swell and like sit comfortably. So I think it was sort of pushing onto the back of his skull, which started causing a bit of issues. And obviously, the worse that gets, you then have um, more problems with your spinal fluid getting trapped, which lead and and further down track can lead to paralysis. So I think they sort of went, "Oh, this is probably about time we should get some surgery done, whatnot." Wow. Yeah. So. It's funny that I also went, oh shit, I probably was going through that. Mine had gone away and I hadn't really felt it in quite a while, so I didn't really worry too much about me. Is that a hereditary hereditary thing? Or I, is it- to be honest, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I only know that me and Dan have had it. So mm. our older brother, I don't think he's ever had it. Our parents have never had it. I don't know whether that's due to us training because obviously me and Dan are the only ones in our family that train. Mm-hmm. Um trained to the the degree that we do yep um so i could have no clue could be an underlying issue that everyone has but they've just never got to the point where their brain has swelled that much that it's become an issue Mm. um 
no idea. Yeah, wow. I should probably know a lot more about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too worried. So he ended up getting the scans done. They were like, yep, sweet, we're going to get a surgery. So he ended up having to go to Westmead Private, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, had the surgery. Well, I'm, I remember <coughs> the doctor, the, the surgeon came through and was like, hey, just a heads up. This is probably going to be the most painful surgery that we can do because they have to cut through all the neck muscles, get to the back of the skull, cut the skull open, take a little bit out, sew it all back up. Jesus. He's going, this is normally the most painful surgery people can have because you're, you have increased muscle mass in the back of your neck. Obviously, this is going to hurt a lot more. Mm. I mean, I, part of me went, oh, shit, this is going to be good. Part of me kind of went, ha-ha, you're going to be in a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he had the surgery and... From all the jokes that I was making, I was like, oh, shit. Because he came out of that surgery. I've never seen him, especially. He's a very active, but like he's always running around doing whatever he can. Um, didn't move for a week, two weeks. And he, like he'd sit up, he'd turn his head, he'd have to throw up from pain. Oh, Jesus. Like, And they, they were giving him morphine, they were giving him everything, and it was still like, like I've, I've never seen anyone in that type of pain, especially for that long as well. Like mm. I, I'd do my coaching eight to 11 in the morning, drive over to Westmead, sit there for about four hours, do all my programming or not because it was a nice quiet room. He wasn't doing much. Yep. Um, Looks just looking straight ahead. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember going like, oh, do you want me to turn the TV on? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to get you some food or anything? I think don't think he ate for like four or five days as well. Like, And obviously his weight went from, he was probably about, he was pretty chunky at that point, um, probably just under 90 to I think 80 in about a week yeah wow which was I'd, obviously I don't think too much muscle mass but just pure loss loss of everything um, yeah. which was just incredible and to the point where he wasn't able to walk like he could walk he knew how to walk and everything but he couldn't stand up he couldn't move he had like where yeah. to go whenever he'd stand up yeah so um, to think about where he is now is just mind blowing mm. like seeing like not many people saw <laughs> what had happened during that time but those two two three weeks four weeks after that was just i've never seen him like for someone that i've seen he's jumping on trampolines he's running around the backyard doing all sorts of stuff um was just gobsmacked i was gobsmacked yeah because he had this bloody i don't know if you've ever seen a photo of him he's got this scar on the back of his head that's yeah i've seen that on your instagram (laughs) yeah probably yeah yeah he actually has a video on um, TikTok of one of his mates swiping it with a credit card. <laughs> He's got like a million views or something. But yeah, so, and they said, because he was, he was pretty hefty into cliff jumping at that time. Like he's, he's one of those freaks who just runs and jumps off anything. Um, yeah, that's my worst nightmare doing that shit. Oh, you, you and me both. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I can't rock climb over about four meters. <laughs> oh, shit, shit. But, yeah, so um, so he went through that. Doctors were like, you can't do anything for six months pretty much because you're going to tear that back open. That's going to cause a lot more issues. Not necessarily because it's going to swell or anything. I think the swelling had reduced. He went through a lot of pain that he had gone through before in terms of that swelling and whatnot. But um, thankfully, nothing else came from that. He healed up fairly quickly young he's healthy he's gonna heal up fairly quick yep um and then it was sort of that touchy i remember there was probably two or three months where i was like he should do this comp coming up 
what can we do? Is it going to push it too far? Is it going to do this? And mum's obviously every day we go and mum's going, don't yeah. you dare lift anything. Um, yeah, how long was it after the surgery that he started? Well, he picked up a barbell. I think, if I remember correct, they said you can't do anything above 60% of your max. Right. Which I thought was pretty, like, it's pretty... Within six gonna, months? Yeah, within six yep. months. Um, and I was like, that's going to vary drastically from person to person. Mm. Um, but I think we were very cautious about it the first couple of months. Didn't do too much, like, touched bar, touched a few of the equipment. But that was more so just so he's familiar with the movements. Yep. Um, just did a lot of cardio work pretty much. Um, mm. And then Lord knows when we sort of went, oh, okay, this is a point where it's been six months. Let's start moving. To his credit, I don't think he'd lost any strength. Yeah, like, wow. I, I do not know how that is possible. Like he came in, unless he was super weak before. <laughs> <laughs> he was sandbagging. He's <laughs> pretty much. He's training before Yeah, that. well done, champ. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he came back. Moved some big numbers. Got me a little bit worried as his older brother should be lifting a lot more than he does, especially given everything that's happened. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm just a little bit <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he came back, started lifting, and we started comp prep. And I think the next comp he did was a Young Lions one or Battle of the Gore, the first Battle of the Gore. I'm not too sure. Either way, he came second to me, so suck yeah. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it Back was in your place. Yeah, pretty much. <coughs> but yeah, it was I it's incredible to witness that and then let alone it be your brother. Like if that was any of my athletes, it'd probably be a little bit different. Yes. Um, but that one really hit home and there's a real emotional attachment oh, big to time, it. Time, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Were were the doctors prior to the surgery saying, like, is it a dangerous surgery? I think it's dangerous in the fact that anytime you do anything near the brain, there's yeah. always going to be that certain risk of something happening. Yeah. Um, they didn't like, obviously he was a really good surgeon, really lovely guy. Came in and checked on Dan all the time. Mm. Um, to him, it was probably just doing his job, but it seemed really, it was really nice and really lovely to see. Mm. Um, credit to all the doctors and nurses now going through the shit house. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't too dangerous. I don't think. Obviously, I'm not too sure. I didn't know too much. I was just a bystander during the whole time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, then when did he qualify for Arnold's? He qualified at uh, Battle of the Gods 2. So, I think Andy from Raw was yep. there. Yeah. Um, Yannick from Shred was there. Um, quite was a few it, of the boys were there. Was that around November? Yeah, November, December. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, cool. What was that? Which was actually the comp I was meant to be doing. Yeah. But then I blew my shoulders out, so yeah. I was just there standing you at the comp ass. the whole time, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> what a bloody idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when he qualified, what was that like for you guys, knowing that, okay, six months prior to that, he'd, you know, or month, only months prior to that, he'd been through what he had? I th- on the day, because he came second on the day, um, he came second to the guy that then, Carl Sherry, just an absolute unit of a mm. man. I don't know if you know him. Not really, no. Um, I think he came first in World Strongman, so he's the number one under 80 in the world, which, like, I was like, Dan, you just came second to this dude. Like, you're bloody 20. Like, well done. This guy's been in the sport for however many years. Um, yeah. I think that was what 
hit like I, I didn't even know whether he'd qualify for Arnold's yet at that point. I was sort of like, damn, like, well done. No one's gone through the journey you've gone through in the last year and a bit. Mm. And you've only done strongman for what, eighteen months if that. Like, credit to you. That's that was that was whether he qualified or not, because we didn't know too much about qualifications until I think a week or two weeks after that. Because mm. I had a few athletes that were trying to qualify. Okay. So I think that wasn't really on the forefront of my mind. It was more that emo- I was like, holy shit, like what what an amazing achievement regardless of what happens mm. you've done. So uh, it, it's a little bit more special obviously because <coughs> it's my little brother. I get to be a little bit more proud and everything. But yeah, yeah, just I remember being gobsmacked that whole time. Yeah. I love the stories of when people overcome shit mm. and, you know, I mean, what an excuse he had <laughs> yeah. to just come yeah. out of that and go okay I'm done yeah, I'm going to play video games I'm going to play video life. games or just going <laughs> to you know just be mediocre but, yeah. but to to have the fight in you to come back from that experience yeah. and then actually qualify for Arnold Strongman I yeah. mean it's even just to get back into training and to the I, level that he did I think part amazing. of it, like not not to cut away from his credit there's like certainly everything he did was amazing but part of it as well I think there was that little bit of oh shit my brother's my coach if, yeah. I, if I don't do it if I sit at home he's obviously going to know about it or yep. whatnot so yeah I think that worked really well in our favour yeah so yeah and you got another brother yes Ben yeah so he's older yep how so old is he he's 20 20 26 is he? he's yeah. 22 months older than me okay so, yeah. does he live in Sydney he lives in Tempu Okay. And I, God knows where that is, somewhere in the city. I'm not very good with that. Yeah. But yep. yeah. And he is. So if you took everything me and Dan <laughs> and like switched it 180, yep. he, he does the opposite. So what does he do? So he's a civil engineer. Okay. Yeah. So he works in Bondi on a, like a high rise apartment complex doing, I couldn't tell you half the stuff he does. It's probably well over my pay grade or my yep. head. Um, yeah. And yeah, so he, if if you look at the way, so when we were born, Ben got all the brains, not much physical activity. He played sport <laughs> to give him credit. Yeah, um, he was a really good soccer player. Yeah, um, I was <clears throat> more brawn, no brains, and then Dan was a little bit of fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. So yeah, well, it sounds like you've all sort of turned out where you're meant to turn out and doing well in your own oh bloody own right. So. <laughs> Parents probably think so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where did where did you guys grow up? So, uh, Ben and I were born in Orange. Um, lived there. I lived there till I was about three or four. Mm-hmm. Dad got a job. Dad used to work for um, Woolworths head office. Okay. Actually, I don't know if he was store manager or whatnot at that point. But anyway, he was working in Orange. Met mum in Orange. They lived there. Got married. Ben was born. I was born. Then they got a job. He got a job in Kellyville. So, yep. I think we moved down to Kellyville, which is like I'm, I'm probably... F- Five, five years old at this point so yep. I, didn't, I didn't know too much about what was going on yeah you've got no memories of or- Orange funnily enough I have memories of Orange I have no memories of Kellyville oh I think really Orange was, was on an 80 acre farm and I, all I remember is dogs sheep and cows and yeah right yeah um, and snow mm. um, moved to Kellyville I remember a swimming pool at Kellyville and that's about it and then we, were, we lived in Kellyville for two or three years I'd imagine and then moved to Kenthurst um, Dan was born in Kenthurst and then we were there for probably two or three years and then we moved to Annagrove and we've been there since. Okay. Yeah, yeah cool. Actually, do you remember... Okay, so it was my nephew's ninth birthday yep. on Sunday and I was talking to my brother about 
do you remember your ninth birthday? And I don't ne- not remember. Neither anything. of us could it. Like we, like from, like like you just said, I've got a few memories of when I was really young, but then there's like from five to maybe eleven. It's yeah. just nothing. Oh, I don't remember a thing. I think for me, it's I have memories of <laughs> zero to, or not even zero. Like who has memories of zero? I think like <laughs> two years old. I have memories of orange. Yeah, which are probably memories when I was probably six and I was visiting my grandparents, not when I was living there, which are probably fake memories. <laughs> um, bloody from like probably year eleven backwards. I don't remember. <laughs> so yeah, like someone will say something like I don't remember that at all and mm. then like two days later I go oh shit ah that's where that's blah 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 yeah so my, yeah. my, my memory's trash at best so yeah don't worry mine's not that much better that's right <laughs> <laughs> um, do you yeah what was your childhood like in terms of you know the three of you's did you did you have any space at Annengrove like your property what was your growing what was your time like together so if uh, you do have any memories oh yeah, from, yeah i'll just try and make it up <laughs> no one's gonna know um orange orange i remember we were always on property obviously had too much property for even to run around in like 80 acres that's just ridiculous um yeah. we moved to Kellyville, which was i think like half an acre suburban whatever that is um you got a backyard that's yeah. pretty much it yep moved to kentus which was five acres and i remember there thinking oh, shit, like i can't even see my back fence because it's it's bush i remember thinking oh this is incredible like i could i can explore in my own backyard pretty much mm. um <clears throat> so spent a lot of time there i think that's probably where i have a lot of my memories start kicking in i remember pushing my brother into like bushes and stuff like that yeah <laughs> just being terrible kids yeah him coming off his bike and just grazing his leg and just gravel through his leg all sorts of stuff like that um and then when we moved to Anagrove, it was just like, oh, this isn't even bigger. Like, I think it was the same size property, but because most of it was cleared, mm. you th- you look at it and you go, wow, this is yeah. big. Um, and Dan came in the picture, so there was like three of us. Like, funnily enough, I don't think we ever fought. Like, I have no memory. Like, there's probably three or four times I can remember hitting Dan in the face or something. Yeah. Um, just showing him who's boss. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I still do that from time to time. <laughs> um, yeah, like... <clears throat> Not much for like I, I hear stories. I think it's more so because we had so much space. Yeah. I hear stories of kids going like, oh, I'm, I used to fight my sister, fight my brother all the time, sort of stuff. Like, I have no recollection of fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, ben was probably inside reading books, doing his thing. Dan mm-hmm. was probably too young to can. I was running around with the dogs outside. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty much my childhood mm-hmm. running around, yeah. enjoying running around, to be honest. Yeah. Now, nowadays, it's completely different. Yeah. And it's probably where you, you know, your love of sport and yeah movement has come from. Yeah, I, I'd like to say that I had a very Aussie childhood in the fact that I've probably played every sport under the sun. Yeah, um, not not every sport, but like soccer, cricket, footy, rugby, tennis, or like I, name it. I've probably given it a crack. Yeah, so yeah, all the way up to like Muay Thai, I did for probably nine months. Yeah, right. a couple of years ago. So okay, yeah. What um, what made you stop that? Uh, coaching. Yeah, okay. I think just time. Yeah, poor time <coughs> management. I think that's my biggest downfall in the last couple of years, just the time management. Yeah. So, yeah. And probably just trying to put everything into into your coaching and also tr- your own training. Yeah. Oh, my training's taking a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> I think over the last four years, if you look at my training, it's just 
oh, I'm going to do this comp. I've got to cut 10 kilos. Mm. So my, my weight has just changed from, which is funny enough, when I signed up to Donner, so I was 120 kilos. Really? Yeah. So I think in that first <clears throat> two years, I lost 30, 30 something kilo, 33 kilos, which is just like, you look like, I'll show you some photos after, but yeah. <laughs> like it just looks like that's, ridiculous. Two that, different people. Yeah. So how did... 120 kilos did you get there through just overeating eating shit that, alcohol <laughs> nah finally i didn't i'm not a big drinker at all so yep. I, know I never really drank like i'll only just liked beers probably two years ago got into beers and stuff like that yeah um you just have a couple here and there yeah, yeah. every now and then yeah probably too too often these days but <laughs> um it was that that body that um globo gym training stage where i was like oh because I'm training, I can have two chickens and two liters of milk and that's yeah. healthy because I'm, I'm getting my protein in. And yep. it's sort of, I think I was so, I think I was had a more of a bodybuilding. I, I would see bodybuilding and go, oh shit, they're eating 10 meals a day. I'm going to start eating <coughs> as much as I can to fuel and grow. Um, obviously got to a point where I was 120 kilos yeah. and life was hell. I think I had heart issues, all sorts <laughs> of like getting out of bed was hard. Yeah. Um, all like, Probably not what you want at 20 years old, but... No, not 120 kilos, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So, yeah. If anyone is trying to put on weight, that's... Um, so, when I was powerlifting, I went from, um, you know, just low 90s yeah. up to about 107 was my heaviest. And uh, uh, all along that way, it was just chicken and flavoured milk. Oh, like barbecue don't, don't chicken and flavoured milk. milk. So, if you... You know, everyone's oh, I can't put on weight... They're just not eating enough. Yeah, you're just not trying hard yeah, enough. Yeah, you're just not it's trying very hard. Easy to yeah. Weight. <laughs> yeah, and you know when it's it's a whole chalk and then oh, yeah. some flavored milk. Yep. So, um, mate, that were that was some of the greatest times ever. Just when you just eat, if you're trying to put on weight, it's the best. Good bit bad in the hindsight that I could probably spend about seventy dollars a day just yeah, on food. That's right. <laughs> about ten chickens, four liters of chocolate milk, and like yeah. eight cups of rice. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Compared to me now, whereas the other day I had 10 chicken nuggets for breakfast and forgot to eat until 6.30 the other night. Jesus. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, um, I know what Shay would say to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That might actually put that, is yeah. that, is that um, recommended on a new, the next Aridi Nutrition what podcast? Was 800 grams of chicken nuggets or something. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the protein value of that? God knows. Um, what was your first ever job? Uh, my first ever job was at school picking up rubbish. Mm. Um, after school, I think it was ten bucks an hour. You walk around with a bucket Shit. and a rake, and me and my best mate obviously would walk around to the side of the school that no one could see and just sit down for about four hours. Yeah, as you do. Walk back with a couple of empty bottles and say, "Oh, we did did our work." Yep. Um. Then I did, and I started at Woolworths, which I've been at Woolworths for about seven years now, which has just been a pretty much the same job for the last seven years. It's just what I enjoy about it is that you go in, I don't have to come home with anything. Like I don't have to worry about, oh shit, I didn't, yeah. do, I didn't do this, which is, I mean, that's probably the downside to coaching is that it's a 24 seven job. Mm-hmm. It never stops, but you love it that much that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I did a few manual labor jobs. I think I did landscaping for a little bit, helped out my old man with some other stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it. Uh, which was do you work at? Dural. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that a is that a big store? Middle of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a normal size store. It's not a massive, but it's not tiny. So yeah. Yep. 
Who's had the best Christmas party? The Adonis or Woolworths? I don't think I've been to a worse Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> I go in, I do my shift, I leave. Um, Literally just in and out. Yeah, pretty much. The <laughs> yeah. Adonis Christmas parties, oh, God, I could not. Like, we normally get on a boat in Darling Harbour yeah. and go out for the night. And nice. you can imagine however many powerlifters crammed on a boat in an unlimited bar tab. Yeah. It's going to be a wild night. Um, <laughs> it's just... I don't even remember that. I think I've got video. Most of my athletes probably film me dancing <laughs> most of the night. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's the only Christmas parties I've had for things. Yeah, so, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about um, Forge Performance. Yeah, the big FP. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how did that come about? What's the – yeah, how did it all come about? To be honest, I don't even know where it started. I think to tie in with what we were saying before about coaching where I learn on the fly, I think it was more of an output for me to go, this isn't Adonis, this isn't some other company, this is just what I've accumulated over my time. Um, I'm not looking to have a multi-million dollar company or anything like that. It's just a way to me go, this is what, this is mine. This is me. Yeah. and yeah, it just grew from there. It was a little bit of an idea. It gave me something to do. I've always been creative. I like making Photoshop and stuff, doing different brands and sort of stuff like that. And this one kind of stuck with me. I thought, oh, this is pretty sweet. Don't mind this. So I'll mm. pursue it. To be honest, I probably had about 10 different names for it. Yep. And I've had about 10 different Instagrams that no one knows about that yeah. I've, I've built up and created and put these stupid names of just different stuff. Um, yep. And then that one kind of stuck. I think someone saw it and they went, oh, like that that's really you and I went like what does yeah I guess so yeah I think for me what stuck with it was that I've loved building stuff my whole like I'm by no means a builder or a welder or anything sort of stuff like that but if I can do something with my hands I love doing that that Mm. takes my mind off a lot of stuff yeah and then I think Forge stuck because I was like I love blacksmithing I've always watched YouTube videos every night of doing stuff and then it kind of stuck with me It, it tied in really well with who I thought I was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Went from it, there. It's um definitely looks like it's a journey where you you're trying to put your vision and your stamp yeah. on something. Um I'll read you something if you don't mind. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's um <clears throat> I read it the other day from your Instagram and um you know, it I just I wanted to sort of see what you felt about it um writing it at the time and then how you feel about it now and I, I, I just really liked it but um, Forge create strong enduring and successful over eight years ago I had signed up to my first ever gym membership at the ripe old age of 16 at the time I was fairly hesitant at the idea of having to pay $22 a week to use a gym that I'd <laughs> never been to before let alone had any idea of what to do with a complimentary PT session, I had my first experience with resistance training. Fast forward to me now, 24, and having spent the past eight years learning, growing, and forging myself into where I am today, the head coach of Adonis Athletics Castle Hill. Working with general population clients all the way through to national and international champions, I've always wanted to help people become the best version of themselves or achieve goals or feats they had previously thought unachievable. As such, I'm proud to announce my online coaching and personal training platform, Forge Performance. 
The support from a few close people has been amazing over the past few months to push me as I look to continually grow and develop myself as a coach, athlete and human. Forge Performance will officially be kicking off in March and will be opening with 20 members. Um, it, it then goes on to saying thank you to support my uh, Forge family. 2020 is going to be an amazing year. <laughs> How wrong was I? <laughs> For both Adonis Athletics Castle Hill and Forge Performance, family uh, will be causing a domination across strength sports in Australia. Now, I read that and that inspired me and it, and I just I love seeing people um, chase their dreams or create a vision for themselves and then start to live it. How does that make you feel hearing that? And has anything changed since writing that? I think that was a, you know, just a couple of months ago. Um, I, I love that, by the way. I think the only thing that's changed is that I could not see everything that was going to happen in the yeah. last couple. Like I did not, Coronavirus. Kick, I did not kick off on March. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it just tied. Like, I think the, my story. Obviously, I couldn't even say it in a whole podcast. Like, it's yeah. You it's a it's a whole nother podcast yeah yeah um be, be happy to do another one yeah for sure <laughs> um definitely mate yeah it's like it i don't know it's just been a, a hell of a like not too many people probably lucky enough to go through what i've been through like i've had some high highs and i've had some really low lows but i think the thing that's always stuck is that strength sports have always been there and such a good output i mean mm. if i can help other people to go through a similar thing that I've gone through, then my day's done. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm proud. I'm, that's that's it. It's a simple lifestyle, but mm. that's it. I think the only things that I'd really change from that is that I'd go, oh shit, probably with coronavirus, I can't really do, do all this <laughs> stuff straight away. <laughs> but yeah, like no, it's still the same thing. Like I'd love to get as many people to go through what I've gone through like that fan like and again it ties back to the family like it's it's it might sound cliche to some people but when you train somewhere with a lot of people that have the same idea or not even the same idea that you do like when you train with a lot of like-minded people like mm. it's it's not training mm. it's it's hanging out with mates like it's you all achieve stuff along the way you don't even have to compete if you don't really want to mm. um it's just it's such a positive factor that can change people's lives. Like it's not, not to dishearten video games, but you spend eight hours a day playing video games or whatnot. You're not really going to come out of that going, oh, like look at what I've achieved and whatnot. Like mm. this is something a lot of people can do together, achieve really good results and yeah, support people along the way. I think a lot of people supported me when I th went through my shit time. So if I can offer even 1% of that, then I'm happy and proud. Makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. So... Mate, humans are meant to be tested and challenged uh, physically and mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, it's and strength sports uh, provide a lot of uh, a lot of that for people. Yeah, challenges you know physically, especially physically and mentally. Yeah, um, you know the the lives that I've seen change through picking up a barbell. Oh yeah. Like just to be involved in in that really, you know, if if you can then become help and guide those people through their own shit yeah. through a barbell, man, it's so re rewarding. 
So I think credit to like um, we were one of the one of the mm. founders of Carl's Hill. I'm not sure if you've seen Deadlift for Dollars before. It was, I have, yeah. So it was something he it was his idea, which like I've he kicked that off that idea. Oh, I'd like to say 2017, maybe 2016. I'm not too sure when it first started. But when I heard what he was doing for Beyond Blue and thinking about the story, like what I'd gone through with Jack, I was like, holy shit! Like this, I've never felt more driven to a course before obviously mm. things have changed now like will's doing his own thing with prime performance and killing it but i don't know whether deadly for dollars is going to go through this year because of everything going on mm. but it's even like that like you get we had people coming all over australia coming just to deadlift like we had i think one of the stories that stuck out of me was the dad that his he had lost one of his sons and he his son one of he had i think he had twins and one of them had taken his own life sadly um he came up from Melbourne, did his deadlifted. I think the thing was how many kilos you lifted, somebody donated a dollar per kilo, whatnot. And the stories that I heard through there and the people that think, like I, I had such a small part to play in running that and helping out where I could. And people come up to me thanking me, going, thank you for what you've done. And I was like, like I haven't done shit. Like I was sitting here on a computer, I organised a few entries and stuff like that. But the fact that you can have such a small part mm. and people are so thankful for that really meant a lot and like that's I don't think I could get that from anything else mm. like there's no other job there's no other oh, there probably is jobs like doctors and nurses and whatnot. but yeah. I don't know what I could do to help people the way that you can through coaching and training and whatnot. so mm. yeah do you know where where the idea for Deadly for Dollars was born? I think it's similar similar thing that happened well, to both of us where Will had <coughs> lost a good mate of his, um, yeah. wanted an output to raise money for Beyond Blue. Um, obviously him being the head coach of a gym or the owner of a gym, that was a really good way, a really good way to fundraise. Everyone loves deadlifting. I don't know anyone that's not going to max out their deadlift when they get the chance. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a, um, those events, they become a, you know, just a reminder to oh, yeah. life's precious big time yeah and i think just gathering people together is is so important yeah. to rally around those times and just to um remind everyone that there is a community big time yeah and just to stay connected and which is the hardest part of now is every gym should be trying to stay connected with their members yeah. um and connected as a team because you know isolation can do funny things to people's minds oh, yep mm. so i think luckily enough that even though we shut down the don's castle or well, they shut down um i still had well i think i had 55 sessions my 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 biggest thing was when obviously the monday 4 p.m gyms are shut i was like oh yeah. shit like what 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 are we gonna do my biggest thing was how can i keep people in the same routine that they were in before so obviously people come in train three or four times a week whatever it's going to be hard to get people to come in because i can only do really one-on-one -on -one sessions at my house um and i was like i'm just going to open up this link like my, my home gym's here i've got so much stuff that i can use anyway it's yeah <laughs> thankfully the powerlifters only have to squat bench and deadlift yeah <laughs> they hate doing accessories <laughs> anyway um and i just said hey guys like come in pumped out 55 sessions that first week um, the biggest thing was trying to get a trying to get people stuck in that same routine, trying to give someone the people someone to talk to, mm. which 
played in part really good for me because if I went from dealing with 100 members that I would see five or six times a week to then going, I just see Dan all the, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's doing my head in. <laughs> um, there was that mutual benefit where I was talking to people. I was still able to coach people, still get face-to-face coaching with a lot of them and gave them that chance to come and have their output. Mm. Like that, like training is so much more than oh, I'm just trying to get better. Mm. Like a lot of them come in, it's their emotional release. So they come in, they're pretty, they've had a really shit day. Squats feel good. Oh, highlight of my day. Day's good. Let's start tomorrow off. Tomorrow's a new day. Yes. Um, so I think that was that was the biggest thing I was worried about. I'm like a lot of people worried about a lot of stuff during this time, but it kind of makes it a lot more simpler when you go, cool, come into your session, do an hour. I don't really care if you do your accessories or not. That's up to you. Yeah. Um, have a chat. That's it. Mm. See you later. See you tomorrow. Yeah. So I think with um, training, whether it's powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit, if you give 100%, you you forget all your troubles. Oh, yeah. You know, and the 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 stress relief that you have from that is is a, is incredible. And you know, if if anyone is out there and you find yourself that um, you know, oh, you're stuck in a rut or you're in a mundane job or yeah. kids are driving you crazy, just train. Because yeah. it makes such a huge difference to your stress levels. Big time. Um, uh, I'm mean, see it here all the time that it's, you know, the, you know, people always say it's the best part of my day. Yeah. Because the rest of the time they're just caught up in this grind that they're not passionate about. They're just yep. doing it for money, yep. um, working hard, trying to provide for their family, and just coming here and smashing themselves for an hour. Yeah. It, it just makes so much difference to their mental health. Which I think is what's probably going to see a really big change over the next couple of weeks or months or however long this is going to happen is that so many people are going to go, like, unfortunately, if they've lost their job, oh, that was a pretty shit job. I didn't really enjoy that anyway. Like, yeah. now I have the chance to go, all right, it's a fresh start. Like, luckily, like I hear so much stuff about businesses closing down and I'm like, this is probably the time where I'm going to kick my business off. This is such mm. a good experience for me. Unfortunately, it is off the back of a worldwide pandemic but mm. i'm gonna make the most of the chance i have yeah yeah the the you should be looking for opportunity not in a way where you're taking advantage of, of people but an opportunity for yourself to look at how precious life is how you short don't. life is yeah um am i living my passion yep am i happy yep what do i need to do to, to make that happen and there is you know no better time to to do that yeah um, you know, some of the greatest uh, things, journeys and businesses and, you know, movements have started off the back of adversity. Yeah. I think it ties in really well. I think I was sort of going through that rut where I was like, well, like my training was on and off last couple of months. So I was sort of, I spent, I spent so much time coaching that I sort of put myself on the back burner and went, yeah, like I, yeah. Had, this, I had a few comps planned. I wasn't really going to train it for them, but not that much. And then I, funnily enough, through you guys, actually saw Kirsty, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm a shit runner. I, I want to get good at something I'm not quite good at." Hit her up. She was like, "Yeah, sweet, bloody, just try out running, butter. Yeah, it kicks my ass. Like, <laughs> that is such a good output for me. I mean, I do my three sprint sessions a week, and I'm like dead. Yeah. And so she programmed some sprint sessions for you. 
Yeah, so it started off, funnily enough, that I wanted to do a 100k hike at the end of the year. Yeah, wow. Which I sort of put on the back burner now. Yeah. Um, because I was out hiking every chance I could before all this nonsense went down. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit her up because I had just terrible endurance. So I hit her up and said, hey, can you program for me? I want to build up some endurance, whether that's running, whether that's sprinting. I wanted to get a bit of sprinting in because it will probably tie in pretty well in my strongman training. Yes. Um, with the plus side of building up my endurance whenever I could. Um, so we started off, we'd have one sprint session a week one endurance session a week and it would just would put me on my ass every single session yeah. <laughs> i'd look forward to it and then i'd be doing it i'd be like i hate <laughs> i'm hating this right now yeah and then i'd finish it i'd probably have to sit down for about five minutes while i'm trying not to pass <clears> out and vomit and then um pick myself up and that for me that was pretty much like what everyone's going through now with training that was such a, when i'm running i'm hating life but i'm not thinking about anything else no you're just trying to survive pretty much that so, session yeah that's the, the big takeaway. I was like, oh, like I've, I'm probably not going to do that 100K hike this year just because of everything going on. But that's – and I, I haven't had a coach in since sorry, probably three or four years ago. I think now to have someone to tell me what to do yeah. helps out a lot because I go, yep, this is my time now. Yes. So I hope out of all of this, when we all do reopen, people realise that even coaches – can use a coach and you know there's so many people just being left to their own devices oh, in yeah. globo gyms yep. and 24 7 gyms that yeah it might be an extra 10 15 sometimes 40 dollars a week at at depending on what sport or what gym you're in yeah. whether it's crossfit powerlifting strongman but it's worth it to have that coach so so worth it it's the development that you can achieve by having that guidance yeah, you know, like you just said, you know, before and you you three years into a globo gym, you nothing changes, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> just like, getting fatter and fatter. And yeah, fatter. yeah. So the the people that I've you know been I've been around in gyms, managing the uni gyms and stuff, that for five or six years that people never changed over that time. That mm. come in just did their own thing, but those that had a coach or did classes, man, the improvement that they had oh, was, yeah. is just phenomenal. So. Even coaches should have coaches to keep them learning, keep them, um, you know, pushing their limits. And, yeah, which yeah. I think ties in as well to the other side of it, whereas I see so many people just doing what their coach tells them to do. Mm. And I think my biggest thing was like, make sure you ask why. I think at the end of the day, you go, why am I doing this? Yeah. So I think I, like on so like even now social media is booming because everyone's stuck at home doing nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i see some people doing stuff i'm like like i'm i'm no one to tell them what to do and whatnot yeah but i think why are they doing that like mm. there's so many people i think just doing random things that like a lot like obviously it's very hard to prep for a comp right now because who knows what comp's going down yeah that's but right. still i think having a goal is probably what ties back to that like yeah, your gym might have shut down. Body weight exercises for two hours a day—that's great. But there's mm. probably a lot more things that you could be doing. Mm. Like, like I'm going to put so many more running sessions in for my guys now. I'm going to. There's so much time for variety now. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. Running and sprinting is so underrated in <laughs> yeah. in strength sports. <laughs> big time. Yeah, um, they've got a big future actually, um, Kirsty and Sarah, in that athletic um, sprint endurance. 
um, in that running environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're sort of up and coming in that area. Which, which is what drew me out there as well. It was like, all right, I want, A, I'm going to get coaching off Kirsty. Mm. B, I can learn. Mm. I went, I think the, the main reason why, or part of the main reason why I started was going, I don't know how to program running. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Just make them run longer each week, trying to make them run faster? Yeah. <laughs> Is it progressive overload? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, how, do you put a dumbbell in the back or something? Do you conjugate? <laughs> so I think that, that side of it as well, I went, oh, because like she uses a different programming method to what I use. And I can, like, I can see over the next month what, what I have planned. And mm. I sort of cry to myself and go, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. That's going to hurt. But I said, oh, okay, that's a different perspective I didn't have before. A, like, now my guys, are, I'm going to start implementing sessions in for them. Yeah. I think so many of them are stuck at home, so running is probably a really good output. Beautiful. You don't need any equipment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some good shoes would be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. When, when I, so I've seen some of your Instagram posts and, you know, you you don't want to get out of bed on a Sunday morning at seven a.m., six a.m., and then travel to a to an oval that's got dew on it <laughs> to do your running session. <laughs> what motivates you to do that? Uh, I I don't really think it's motivation. I mm. think it's more that all right, my alarm's gone off at five a.m. It's not that hard to hop out of bed. Mm. People people make harder than they need to. Like yeah. you literally, lucky enough for me, my bed is like six foot off the ground. Like yeah. my dad's built this chest of drawers thing under it. So I just hop out of bed and I'm like, it's too much effort to get back up into bed. So oh, I might as well perfect. go do it. Yeah, that's good. So I think it's more that, and I, I'm I'm the massive hypocrite on this as well. Whereas I'll like, I'll go to bed at 10.30 night and I'll think about, oh, I've got deadlifts tomorrow and I'm up till midnight going I'm so excited to do this I'm so excited to do this and then I sleep in till 7am and I'm like shit that was (laughs) oops (laughs) I think you just have to go for me I see the bigger picture I go alright these sessions are going to suck but in two three months time I'm going to feel really good about it I'm going to be glad I made that choice to put in the effort now yes so which ties back into CrossFit and I think my thing was that I was I'm the biggest fanboy for Matt Fraser like I see this like He's an incredible athlete. I'm never going to be able to any anywhere near him. That's probably horrible to say that, but... None of us are. I see his worth ethic and I'm like, shit, if I could do 1% of that, mm. I'm going to be way better than I was before. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's a lot easier than people make it out to be. Mm. Hopping out of bed is probably very easy. Yeah. Mentally, it's going to be challenging, but... Mm. Having a purpose of why you're doing it really helps. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I had my purpose and then I lost my purpose. So, that mm. hike... I was like, a hike, yeah, that was the goal, that was the goal, going to do it, do it, do it, and then not. So I think, funnily enough, having a purpose and not having purpose sort of tied in very similar to me. I mean, I do it now because I just enjoy it. Yes. I'm not going to get that same feeling from doing my strongman session. I will get a different feeling. Um, But it's that immediate response is after I've done that, 50 60 meter sprint or whatever it is i go shit like that was good mm. like okay i know what i've done that hurt which i imagine a lot of the crossfit guys get that feeling where after an emom or whatever like whatever they've done yeah just like, yeah i think that is the the um the draw to crossfit is that feeling of sprinting yeah that give it all you've got for whether it's eight minutes 12 minutes 30 minutes 30 minutes Jeez. when you're yeah <laughs> when you're on the ground and you've got nothing left to give yeah. that feeling is what makes crossfit the drug that it is 
Yeah. Mm. And I think that is harder for me. Getting out of bed's easy part. When I'm doing it and going, all right, like I'm in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, this is max. This is, I'm not going to be able to do much more than this. And I go, mm. shut up. You can do another sprint. You can do another one. Like you're just saying that. Yeah. Like you, you can literally go till your body falls over. Mm. Your mind's going to stop you before then. But hundred percent. If I can push my mind in that one session, that's going to probably make me feel better mm. in two weeks' time when I go. Oh, I tried to quit after that third sprint, after that fourth sprint. Like I think that's the benefit I see of it. A, I might not be faster, I might not be stronger, whatnot. But that mental side of it is so much more of a benefit for me because mm. then when you get to comp. Everyone's watching you, whatever. You go, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to do this. You go, no, shut up. I can't do this. Yeah. So, what, um, how have you improved with running at the, like, oh. have you seen any improvement? <laughs> the biggest improvement for me is that when I'm running, I go, oh, I have to lift my toes up. I have to pull my arms through. I have to, the technical side, like, yeah. Whenever you run, like, you don't think about running, you go, I'm just trying to get from here to here faster. I think now I can actually break it down. It's not as if I'm going faster and I can, in slow motion, I'm going, this is what the technique I need to improve on. But it just feels better. Yeah. I think that's the biggest draw away from me. Yeah. Um, A, you look a little bit leaner, you move a bit faster. People at the park going, wow, look at him. Mm. Um, (laughs) But yeah. Look how fast he is. (laughs) The kids laughing. Mommy, Mommy, why is that guy running in a strip for like 10 meters? (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, it's good. It's good to, um, as a coach as well, experience different sports yeah. and different elements yeah. of going to training because that makes you um, a better coach at the end of the day. Yeah, completely agree with that. Do you have, do you have any? Are there any coaches that you look up to or, or mould yourself off or are inspired by globally? Like, and doesn't matter. Like, not. Funnily enough, it's not the big names. Like yep. it's, yes, you, t- you draw a lot away from people on social media and go, look at what he's done. Oh, I'm going to try that. Warm-up drill, I'm going to try that. Prehab, mm-hmm. rehab exercise. But I'd see the people around me. Felt like I, I was talking to my mate this morning saying that I mentioned him in the podcast and whatnot. But <laughs> Give him a shout out. <laughs> yeah. um, he's probably one of the people that I draw away from most because- Who's he? he? Jimbo. Jimbo. James Recklington. Okay. Yeah. So you probably saw him on my story this morning shooting hours with him. Yeah. Um, I, whenever I doubt myself or something, he normally go, shut up, like do this or do this. And he like, he's, he, he did my powerlifting coaching for me back when we were doing States. And I think it was that, the fact that someone else that's going through such a similar story to me, mm-hmm. like started out PTing, doing their thing, they can have such a different perspective on everything. Like... He might not be like he's an incredible coach. He's a lot of world champion athletes and whatnot. But um, like you wouldn't find him on social media. Mm. He's not someone you go, oh, <clears throat> sh-, like he's got a hundred thousand followers. He must be a good coach. Which to me that kind of draws away. Like the more popular you are, are you really a better coach? And I think there's so many hidden coaches, <clears throat> like Kirsty. I reckon she's an incredible coach. Yeah, she's so underrated for what she exactly what she yeah. delivers mm. yeah so i think when you i think that's why i took the time to find someone mm. and i was like oh this person they might not post a photo every day like i'm probably a horrible coach because i don't post much saying like do this warm-up drill do this stuff but i don't really find the i find it i understand 
the side of it where people do social media and posting stuff like that but I find it like if I can build that personal relationship with my athletes like I've never fortunately enough I've now had to go and chase to try and grow myself to do everything like I've had people that have stuck with me from three years ago yep and they're still with me now mm-hmm. A we get results we're trying to improve I'm doing my best I can for them what more do you really need like I'm yeah. not so I don't I, you don't uh, need social media to drive those and build those relationships. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it's not a waste. Like I will never get the response out of it that somebody else would. So mm. I'm probably not going to waste my time trying to do that. Mm. So yeah, that's my draw away from it. You, what you do put on social media is entertaining though. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you followed me probably two years ago. You, would, <laughs> I was putting up some absolute gold. <laughs> not to highlight myself. Uh, but. I even... Uh, do you do all your own editing? Oh, and big st- time. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, you know, just having a scroll through it from back in the day. Yeah, there's some oh, funny shit in there. I have some Instagrams that are currently on private, but, yeah. oh, just the, the shit I used to put up was just, mm. <laughs> which was all before I started coaching. So yeah, I think yeah. when I started coaching, kind of stopped. I went, oh, I probably shouldn't put up all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> now I'm not too worried about it, but, yeah. But for those that don't know, what's your Instagram feed? Uh, Coach Me Matias. Okay. So, um, where also, did that come about? That name? Well, funnily enough, it used to be Strongman Matthias. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really competing that too much. I'm more of a coach these days, so I'll change it over. Just a name, whatever. Yeah. Um, so many, so many people think my name is Matthias, but it's Matthew. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think that was more so. Like, I went through this stupid phase. I was like, oh, I'm going to become a really good coach on social media. Like, I'm going to, and then probably a week later, I was like, no, nah, it's too much effort. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to post them. <laughs> I'd rather just post stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, stupid shit is probably um, it's a good description. You can go on there and see you deadlifting with another guy in flippers and <laughs> <laughs> snorkel and or, or uh, uh, squatting on the top on the roof of a house, um, <laughs> screaming into a squat with yeah. a, in a buggy, a golf buggy, <laughs> pulling up. Funnily uh, enough, one of my best ones, which obviously is no longer there, is me like stark naked squatting on my mate's rooftop, which got <laughs> pulled down about four or five times. But I think of that one video, I got about 400 followers. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> How many followers you got now? Oh, I have no, no clue. Yeah. I think I cracked a thousand and I was like, I've made it. Oh, mate, I'm insta famous. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Kim K, watch out. We'll keep it up, mate. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you. Forge performance, what do you hope it becomes? Do you have a, a long-term goal for it? I don't, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever happens with Forge tomorrow is a new thing. Um, yep. I know that at the end of the day, I don't want it to be me coaching 400 people. Yeah. I want it to be me coaching enough people that I can have a, a really good relationship with them. Have a real impact. Yeah. Yep. And I think the other thing as well is that I'm... I've been sort of presented this opportunity where I can go down a niche in the fact that I only want people that compete. Yes, you do get a lot of, and it's it's sort of shooting yourself in the foot, not taking on general population and stuff like that. But I really enjoy the fact that I can coach someone from where they are now to 12 weeks time. They can jump on the platform and go, wow, look at what I've done. Mm. Seeing that belief inside them is what I, the, the main drawback from coaching that I sort of get, like I've had, I've had people that's like I have a 16 year old Dommy who played soccer still plays soccer does that he's 
the Asia Pacific champion, sub junior mm. Asia Pacific champion in powerlifting. Obviously, it ties in well that there's not many people in that weight class, but, <laughs> <laughs> but still, if he can go from one day he didn't, he's never squatted before. I think he did a few squats in the gym with his dad and brother, um, but now he's a national champion. People go, oh, that's that guy that deadlifts this much, deadlifts this much, and he, mm. to his credit, he's probably. To him, that's nothing. Mm. Like he comes in, oh, do I have to deadlift today? Or stuff like that. He's probably lifting more than what I could lift when I was bloody 120 kilos. But yeah, seeing that journey that he's gone through is part of why I coach. Yeah, um, which ties ties back into the story of the family <coughs> building up strong relationships and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I hope you know whatever you do with it. I'm I'm sure you know if you give it the the passion and the drive that that you have within you um, it'll be whatever you make it yeah um you know and and obviously those people that do work with you are, are lucky and enjoy it um so yeah man i wish you all the best for i that. really appreciate that thank you so it at the moment if if they wanted to train with you it's at anagrove uh I'm sort of not like at the at the point in time. It's just online coaching because yep. with everything going on, it's a bit hard to go. Hey, come out, yeah. do some sessions because you probably get a eleven thousand dollar fine. Yeah, true. I don't really want to pay five grand for every yeah, time yeah. someone comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the coaching membership be pretty expensive. Yeah. Um. So right now it's just kicking off sort of things. Like I'm trying to get the ball rolling this week. I'm sort of kicking off, making a few big calls. Where do I want to be? How yep. do I want to set all this out? Yeah. Um, by all means, feel free to follow me on Instagram. Plug yep. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this this week is sort of oh, with everything that happened last week. It's I'm um, just trying to find my feet and go. Yeah, this is where I want to go. Yeah, it's a it is a good time to actually just take a breath. Yeah, and where am I head? Yeah. So yeah. last two years of bloody been coaching about fifty people. Yeah, for the whole time, ideally, and then now I've gone from to no one. Mm. which is it's incredible like I still communicate with them all still do everything yeah but it's still online but not that physical yeah environment where you're you're in a gym and they're all around yeah mm. so have you traveled much in your life oh I've been very grateful I've been to numerous amount of places yeah so, right um I think I've counted with 17 different countries I've been Fair to income. yeah wow so very lucky so you like traveling obviously um I do I love it yeah. Um, traveling <clears throat> for a different reason to a lot of people why they travel. I think for me, it's sort of like seeing my, like, uh, ties into it. my biggest or my highlight traveling has been Iceland. I went to Iceland with one of my mates for two weeks and we were in a motorhome. <laughs> Stupidly, we were in a motorhome. A in motorhome the, in, in the coldest Iceland. country And that, you will never experience that anywhere else. What we experienced on that, like, it was very cute bonding, very cute two boys in a motorhome. Um, yeah was just incredible yeah going from a two-hour drive down the road we went from the world's biggest glacier to then an active volcano Mm. to then looking at a black sand beach and like it's just like it is incredibly expensive to go to iceland but if you ever get the chance i highly recommend doing that yeah right it's a it's a different planet over Mm. there um yeah were the locals good to you um it'd be hard to understand the locals yeah and they're not really used to foreigners because i think it's 300,000 people live on Iceland mm. and then you bring in two Aussie boys that are trying to buy as many beers as they can to fit in the back of them <laughs> <laughs> um, they speak poor English at best what uh, was the draw card of Iceland 
just the fact that it's so different just so um, remote and yeah yeah so i think me well, my, my mate christian we grew up together like i've known him since i was probably about two or three years old um yeah. we've always loved so he's very into geology and things like that and i've just always loved the outdoors hiking and camping and all this sort of stuff and mm. to us that was like this country is incredible yeah which i think like the draw card to having such an amazing country is that everything has to get shipped into there. Mm. So they'd have no real natural resources. They have like geothermal resources and things like that. But filling up the motorhome was about $400 for a tank of fuel. Wow. Yeah. And two weeks of driving. <clears throat> Luckily yeah. enough, it's a small country, so it doesn't yeah. take long. <laughs> but yeah, so. Where else Where else have you been? Oh, I've been to, so I'll try, and, I'll try and list them in order. New Zealand, Fiji... Vanuatu, New Caledonia, Cambodia. Started off nice and close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah trying to <laughs> dip your toe in the water. Yeah. Um, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, um, Dubai, and then all around Europe. So, like Germany, France, Belgium, Spain, Italy, Austria, Netherlands, Finland, um, England, Wales. I haven't been to Scotland or Ireland. Mm. would love to go there and I think there's probably a few few more thrown in there yeah when you when the world reopens again <laughs> what's the first country you're going to visit that's a very good question I think I actually want to visit um, Uluru oh really yeah or or Alaska or Canada yeah, or Colorado <laughs> there's too many lists actually outside of Australia <laughs> yeah. um, I think you know I think domestic travel is will boom oh, once we can start to move between state to state um i think it'll be a while before overseas but mate, it'll probably it'll be no better time to go to uluru oh well i think one of the boys that came into training the other day was saying that travel international travel won't be open until 2021 yes so yeah. like, oh shit yeah like- they're definitely um or what i'm hearing from what i i consume is definitely uh 2021 um, and then that will only be countries that sort of we trust. Yeah. Um, and festivals and concerts and, um, you know, major international events. They're sort yeah. of looking at um, this time next year. Wow. Before they... I think that's... I think the only positive I can take out of that is I've never been to a music festival. Mm. So I'm not too, like... The travel's a big thing for me. That's mm. a, it's incredibly unfortunate for everyone that's gone through, but... Mm. Again, like I'm incredibly lucky that I've I've been affected in the sense that the gym's closed down, everything like that. But I still get to see my athletes, still get to do everything. Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's <clears throat> yeah, it's incredible. There's two different worlds going on right now. Yeah, like you've been to Spain and Italy, and um, like to fathom that seven, eight hundred, nine hundred people a day are dying there. Like it's, I don't even have a mm. like. I couldn't think of seven hundred people I know. Like. Mm. That would just be incredible. Like, I don't know whether that's 700 people in one community, one town or whatnot, but like, Mm. it's... Yeah, it's horrific. But I think that does tie into the fact that, like, you look at Australia, we have, what, 24 or 26 million people. 26, yeah. I think the average distance, like, when you calculate person to country size, it's like there's 160 or 1.6 kilometres between person you could fit in Australia yeah which I think then ties in you look at Europe and everywhere and you've obviously got 
400 people living in one building on top of each other. They're on top of each other, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's incredibly grateful that we live in Australia mm. and you'd like New Zealand being in the same boat, I'd imagine. Mm. So, again, just luck. Yeah. Unlucky. Yeah. I think that's how it comes down to. We certainly live in a lucky country. Oh, big time. <laughs> um, so, did you say Alaska? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, um, to me, that seems foreign. Mm. Oh, like, do you know anything that happens in Alaska? No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no. Only so. I follow a few uh, wildlife, like it's nature is metal, nature is savage. Oh. <laughs> Mate, the, you know, all those really just there's watching. Some, there's some wild stuff on there. Animals being animals <laughs> oh, yeah. in, and at their last moments of life. It is, they're savage, those pages. So like, I, I assuming... <laughs> I just assume all of Alaska's like that. <laughs> I would love that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. It's how primal is it? Yeah. If, that's, if, that's, if that's the way you're going to go out, mm. hell yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so I don't know anything other than that about well, Alaska. All, all I know is that it's cold. Mm. And I think that draws me in. Like, I love living in Australia, but summer in Australia sucks so much. Yeah. It's tough to bear. Yeah. Mm. So I think, the, and again, the main draw card for Iceland was that in the summer, it's colder than our winter. Yeah. So, mm. like, I think the the worst part was that it was twenty four or twenty two hours of sunlight a day. So we got to bed at ten pm. Oh, <laughs> it's Jesus. just like it looks like this. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh shit! Yeah, try and get to sleep in that. Yeah, I think we were driving down the highway at three am, thinking it was like lunchtime. So yeah, wow. Yeah, it's it'd be strange to live through. And I think it ties in with it. If you look at their mental health rates through winter when it's 24 hours of darkness the like depression rates and suicide rates and everything skyrocket really yeah and then when you look at it through their summer complete opposite they probably have the lowest rate i don't take my facts but from when we were there people were saying that they have like the lowest rates of mental health issues and all sorts of stuff i go through summer because it's so bright everyone's out doing stuff for, yeah it makes sense you're out yeah. you're outdoors you're moving yeah you're probably getting that endorphin release but mm. then I think living in that country is why they breed the people they breed. That's true. Like mm. when you think about Icelandic athletes, like obviously you have Thor, who's just a different human, mm. but then all the CrossFit people as well. Like it's yeah. just, you got nothing else to do. You might as well do sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Tough way to live over there. Um, what's your, what's your favorite and least favorite country you visited? Oh, that's a tough one. Favourite is split between Iceland and Finland. Yeah. Just because they're naturally, they're so amazing. Like yep. you, you don't experience that anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Just the nature and the natural beauty of the yeah. place. Yeah. Least favourite, um, funnily enough, probably like somewhere European. Mm. Like I'm like France, I think. France was, sorry to all the French people listening. <laughs> I don't, I don't think we go into France, so, <laughs> oh, we're so about far to, away. We're about to. <laughs> France was, to me, France is a very dirty place. Mm. Um, like, obviously it ties in with them having a massive population. The city was pretty dirty and everything. We went to the Louvre and, or the Louvre. Or <laughs> yeah, one of those. Yeah, one of those. Mm. And it was, it's amazing to see and I'm incredibly thankful to be a privilege to have gone there, but I couldn't go back there. Yeah, okay. It's just a dirty place and <clears throat> everything that it's sold to be the city of love and everything, you sort of get there and go, oh, mm. I don't know. It. I just went to the shit parts of Paris, but yeah. I, maybe that's what I, I'm, I haven't been, but I imagine it probably used to be like that. Oh, and yeah. it's 
Because I, I hear that same story over and over now. Yeah. You've got to really watch what you do in France now. And, oh, yeah, and man. I'll, I'll and around my hands in my pockets. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So oh, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. So Yeah, I was six, I'm six foot one and 100 kilos walking around going, <laughs> I'm going to get robbed by a little French man or something. Because like. they gang up. Oh, yeah. They distract you on one side and pickpocket you on the other. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, mate, good luck with all the travels in the future. Oh, yeah, there probably won't be too many, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any fears or phobias? Fears, funnily enough, is heights, um, which is weird because you put me, I think, above six metres off the ground. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to fall. But then I could probably jump out of an aeroplane. Like uh, there's this weird little area where I know I'm going to die if I fall from here. Yeah. But there's another point where, all right, if I fall from here, I'm probably going to die anyway. Yeah. So you're accepting of it. Yeah. So, which which is funny because you look at me and Dan and Dan will, like a kid's, to me, the kid's dumb. Like <laughs> up to a 20 meter cliff overlooking some water he's never been to before. Yeah. And you get like, I'll go, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, no way. I'll jump in and hit a rock or something. Yeah. He'll go, oh, okay, walk up, turn around, do a backflip off there. Oh, okay. All right. I Now I know my depth. I'm going to do four or five flips off there. Like it's. Yeah, that's hectic. Funnily, thankfully, that's my only phobia. Mm. So. Sharks, yeah. snakes, all this sort of other mumbo jumbo. Not all too worried good. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. If you could go back to younger self, say maybe early teens, mm-hmm. what advice would you give yourself? Start training. Yeah. Start training right now. Um, do this right now. That's mm. That would be the biggest. And save money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop buying dumb shit. <laughs> save your money. I hate that we realise those things when we're older. Like, like I'm very full. Like I'm only 24. Like I can't say I'm too old. Like mm. I feel like I'm about 80 these days. But if I could go back to myself at 16 and say, hey, start doing powerlifting now. Start doing a strength sport now. I'd be like, oh, okay. I see yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Mate, um... I've got some rapid fire questions oh, that we can. usually oh. sort of wind off with. Yep. But um, I think we it would be good to do this again soon. Yep. Um, maybe we could do a post coronavirus po- podcast. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see where see where we are all yep. there. Um, what's your favourite takeaway meal? Grilled. Grilled. Crisp, crispy cheese and bacon burger with um, sweet potato fries. Yeah. Nice. You went straight for that too. So it must 40. be good. Oh, I get that probably four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite all-time movie? Uh, two pop. Oh, I'm not a big movie fan. Two off the top of my head would be Logan. Yeah, because it's the only movie I've cried in. Or well, there's two movies I've cried in. That's yep. the only one. Um, and another one called Road to Paloma, which I probably think no one no, else what, has heard about. What is that about? Uh, it's a Jason Momoa. I don't, I don't know if he directed it himself or did something himself, but it's just about him. It's about American Indians and something to do with, like it's a motorcycle culture sort of film. Yeah. Um, and I was big. I was big into choppers. Like I'd love to buy a chopper one day. Um, yeah. And it's just about him riding across America, sort of stuff like that. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a little Where indie can you film. Watch that? Oh, to be honest, I have no clue. Yeah, right. I think I've paid about $27 every time I want to watch it because <laughs> it's on some weird website. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I haven't found that on Netflix or Stan or whatever these yeah, websites right. are. So What's yeah. it called again? Road to Paloma. I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Mm, I'd, I'd like that. It sounds like it'd be something I'd, uh, I'd yeah, enjoy. Yeah, it's got a pretty good story to it as well. Mm. I won't give away too much. But cool. Yeah. Please don't. 
Um, if you could have any elite talent or superpower, what would it be? Oh, it's going to be silly and just say super strength. That's all right. I would love to walk into a gym pretending you're you're no one and just rip a 300 deadlift. Yeah. That's not even super strength. That's just normal strength these so, days. Yeah, you could go into any gym across the world and no matter what they were doing, you could perform it and beat everyone in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I'd like that. I would be the... Oh, I'd be the biggest loser I'd probably just walk around anywhere <laughs> yeah. I could. You'd pay a fortune in casual visits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going around gym to gym. Yeah, yeah. I like that, but that's good. Yeah. If you're down to your last twenty bucks, how would you spend it? Um a chalky milk. It's just the fundamental of life is chalky yep. milk. Yeah. A steak and a pack of schmackos, probably. Cool. Not for me, for my dog. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, go out with a full belly. <laughs> yeah, go somewhere, camp somewhere, take the dog and just chill. Yeah, mate, love it. Yeah. Um, how can people find you? Instagram, email, what are, how uh, can they find you? Don't try email. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, Instagram, at Matthias. Don't ask me how to spell that. I could not let you know. I don't know how I spelt it. It's Coach, C-O-A-C-H. Something like that. <laughs> M-A-N. M A T I A S. I think it's I A S. Yep. Um, I got you covered. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> um, or Forge Performance. So just Forge F O I G E D Performance. Under, I think it's underscore underscore. Yep. yep. And if you're in for a real treat, look up Chalky Milk Matt. Which, Chalky Milk Matt. Yeah, I think it's on private, but I'll take it off private after this. All right, cool. That's only if you're feeling down over these past couple of months. I'll follow it, mate. So you have one, <laughs> one new follower. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> um, mate. Thank you. It's been a, a pleasure. Um, let's do this again soon. Yeah. It's uh, like, this is my first podcast. Yeah, really? I was nervous as hell. For You're this. natural. Oh, I was probably up till about 3am crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry about the frozen beer. Oh, that's all right. It's a trip. Fucking hell. Oh, it's probably good to go now anyway. Yeah, it's probably, yeah it'll be good to finish it off now. And it's been <laughs> room temperature for, come on, I think mine's bubbled up over the, over the top. I've lost half of it. Um, <laughs> Mate, yeah, these are everyone thinks they don't have a story to tell, or they're a bit shy, or or whatever, you know. And I still feel it as well. You you just want to, it's just having a conversation, and yeah. everyone's got a story to tell and um, a message that you know their life is. And um, I'm just very thankful that you're taking well, the time. I'm say thankful for you. Like I like I stumbled man. across this. Po- I don't even know how I stumbled across this podcast, and yeah. I was like, I'm. Like, I feel a bit bad listening to people I have no idea about who they are. Like, yeah. some of the members here, I'm like, I don't really want to listen because I have no idea. But it, like, I, like, personally, I want to make a podcast. Like, I have no idea how to do it or anything like yeah. that. And I'd probably have no idea to talk to people. I'm not a big talker at the best of Mate, times. You just, just do what you've just done in the last um, hour and 55 minutes. An hour and 55. Yeah. Jesus, I thought I'd be done at 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so th- yeah. thanks for having me. No, be mate, it's been a pleasure. And like I said, we'll do it again for sure. Um, you know, and next time we can talk more about strength training and, you know, individual people that inspire you, you know, the whole coronavirus, how it's played oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what a, the future holds for us both. You know, I think we've both got, um, you know, 
who knows where we're going to be in six months. Yeah. Um, depending on how this, how all this um, plays out. So, um, mate, podcasts are, are an awesome way of just sitting down, having a conversation. And, oh, big time. And, um, you know, just, just telling your story. Yeah. Um, Even shout out to the subpar boys because I listen subpar to Subpar athletes, the uneducated opinions. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, we're all just trying to have a go. Yeah. And um, so, no, it's Oath. been a pleasure. Mate, um, all the best. Hope Forge Performance, um, you know, whatever you decide to do, you'll kill it. Appreciate um, that. Thank you. Good luck with the travels once the borders reopen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Straight to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, um, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Matt.